Hello, everyone. Welcome to our very formal podcast. This is Sporty Spice. Um, I'm Naomi, and and this over here, this way, that one's Rachel, and that down that way, that's Samuel the Mammal. You, um, you notice uh, <laughs> no one's going to be seeing the directions you're pointing. It is a podcast, not a vlog, Naomi. <laughs> I'd like to start over. Um, no, it's for when you put well, that's on YouTube. going in. That's going in. Undoubtedly. <laughs> <laughs> up. I'm going to end this. I'm, I'm the owner of this conversation and I'll, I'll shut it down. Shut it down. Um, cool. So, that's the beauty of being the editor. I could put in and out whatever I want. <laughs> <laughs> I was just trying to introduce our guest because we never do it and I was going to do it. <laughs> fair <laughs> you got me there so anyways getting right along um this is samuel <laughs> Still pointing. uh samuel and i went to high school together and we played football together for the minute and a half that i played football and he went <laughs> off to do big things and play football at purdue he played on the O-line, I'm like 99% sure, and um, here he is today. <laughs> I'm done. Thank you. Uh, snaps. <laughs> I accept snaps, thank you. I thought that was pretty good. Um, anyways, we have a very exciting podcast today because we have no plans, so we're not sure where this is going. Um, Currently, I'm hoping it goes. Okay, but in all fairness, that's how every single one of our podcasts are formatted. There's literally no plan to it ever. That is not true because on our last podcast, I prepped for about five minutes beforehand. So there you go. That's all that matters. You prepped. You mean I called you and told you everything you needed to know? I feel like that's me prepping. Um, because <laughs> I, I was just watching. Um, I actually have no idea where that train of thought was going, but I'm going in a direction. Um, and Samuel and I were texting earlier about college athletes and if they should get paid. And I was just curious about everyone's opinion on that. Cause I'm pretty sure we're all going to agree. And then we're just be like, yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. And then like move on. But like, I'm just curious if anyone has a different idea or point of view. Yeah. I think it's interesting how against it some people get. Because um, I never really understood why. Um, I, I mean, because my, from my perspective, it's just like they're using our imagery and like posting us like around Purdue, like anywhere you drive, you drive from here to Indy on billboards, you'll see like my teammates and like all over billboards and posters. And um, we have like a preseason, um, like a fan meetup thing where they can like come and like autographs and stuff on like the like during the spring they get like autographs and stuff like after the spring game and all that stuff obviously not with covid but prior um it's like got one of our teammates on it but like they get no compensation for that um despite that being their personal imagery and like their brand um so i think it makes sense because like every every other brand that if you're using their imagery and you're like, you know, it's being marketed and broadcasted everywhere, like people are getting paid for that because that is them. 
Totally. So I don't know. I, I guess I haven't really heard many counter arguments being in like the position I am. Uh, just because like everybody around me is just like, uh, yeah, let's get paid. <laughs> right. Well, I feel like the NCAA is obviously like flawed in, in most ways, right? Mm-hmm. That's the so, understatement like, of a, the century. <laughs> right. Like we just saw, you know, the big scandals with the basketball tournament and like the sexism there that we already knew was there, but was just like a very blatant like showing of that. And I just feel like the only people who would openly disagree that college athletes should be getting paid would be them like the old white men who are like they're already getting an education that should be enough but you know they fail to think about how much money they're bringing in and how that could like very well be distributed and given to people who are like putting specifically like with football like you're putting your bodies on the line you know there are lots of new studies coming out with cte and whatever so it's like there's a lot at stake here and what you think that just being like now you have a college education and I mean, not even that, but it's just like, I feel like a lot of college athletes are taking like communications or just like kind of majors to get by while they do their sport as well. And I just think these are all important things to keep in mind. Rachel, take it away. <laughs> so really the only argument I've heard against it is that, and like, I could definitely see that, like, I'm not saying I support like not paying college athletes because I very much support that. Again, you are using their likeness in any other situation they would be paid. They are the main reason for this huge influx of income because like at schools, like all three of ours, people go there for the sports. Like you're not gonna go to a sports school and expect them to not like plaster all these athletes all over campus, but it's like Mm -hmm. they're using their image to promote something and to gain income so it only makes sense that they would be paying them for this likeness but again the only opposing argument with like that holds water that I've heard is like they are getting discounted education like a lot of them get to go to college for pretty much free uh they have access to nutritionists that no other uh students have like that was one, especially going to University of Minnesota, that was one thing that pissed off my friends and I the most was that the only dorm with like edible food was the athlete's dorm. Like we were literally getting prison slop, which sounds like an exaggeration, but it literally is not. The people who catered the rest of the dorms other than the athletic storms were the same people who catered the prisons. Um, yeah it was bad like we would get like plates with mold on it or like I once got spaghetti that looked more like mashed potatoes like yeah it was disgusting like it's not hard to give the rest of the students the same access to that type of food but yeah again that's the only argument I've seen that has some validity to it is that they are getting this discounted education. They have access to gyms, to nutritionists, to better food. And I don't know if this is true in Purdue, but I know in Minnesota and I believe Wisconsin too, all the athletes get these stupid little mopeds to ride around on. (laughs) 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 And especially on campuses like the University of Minnesota, there are a lot of people who could benefit from that. Like, yeah. and the fact that they're giving these <laughs> stupid little mopeds to the people <laughs> who are supposed to be in their peak condition, 
it's just crazy to me. Like I had to walk across the Mississippi River every single day freshman year, walk a minimum of a mile to get to my closest class, just to get to my class from my dorm. And then you have those idiots rolling around on their stupid little scooters, like, <laughs> <laughs> like well, what the hell, man? <laughs> yeah, I mean, we definitely had, we definitely had player or different like athletes or whatever that had mopeds, but I don't. They were they were never given to them. There was like this. Uh, I actually drive past it on my way to like the the gym I go to now. Um, there's like this this little like dealership that sells a bunch of mopeds, and I think that's where I think a lot of it is like handed down through the sports because a lot of them are like the same rundown little machines. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's funny to see, cause like I had teammates that were just like, you know, big 200, 300 pound dudes, like riding these mopeds, like down our campus. And I was just like, that looks it so looks like funny. like a tricycle almost, like a big yeah. one. <laughs> yeah. I mean, just to like counter argue what you were saying before, Rachel, about how, you know, like you receive all of these perks and, you know, like, at least a partially paid for education. At the same time, there are a lot of college athletes who aren't on scholarship. There are a yeah. lot of college athletes who are taking physics or taking, you know, a very difficult major. And in addition to doing their major, are playing a sport every right. day. They don't have time to have like a job. Absolutely. I mean, I think it's a yeah. time job. Like, yeah. I didn't play a division one sport, but even just, you know, playing competitively soccer in high school, I remember thinking like, how is it possible that other kids go home from their school and like, don't get A's in classes? Like they have so much time. Like I had to schedule every single day, which is I think part of the reason that I thrive with like my structure and my to-do lists now. But <laughs> I always had to be like, I'm leaving school. I have to go to this practice on the car ride from this practice to this practice, I need to get this part of homework done or else I'm not gonna be able to do it before I get to my next practice, before I have an hour long drive home, before I need to make dinner. Like, you know, I, I just think there's there's a lot that goes into being a D1 athlete that makes it an additional like job. Like, you know, you have your film, you have everything else that goes into your sport. And I just feel like the NCAA is like making it seem as though they're giving them so much, but these like little perks are just like to help them get Basic through. Human rights. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, cause like a lot, I mean, cause a lot of that stuff is just like, we wouldn't like with food, for example, like we had an, there was an athlete dining court, um, but it wasn't for all of our sports. And I, and I know that's not like that at, at all schools. I know some schools have like a full athlete dining court where like all the teams can come and like eat or whatever, but we don't have that. We had like in the basement of one of our, uh, dorms there was like the um all america is called the all-american dining room um and it, and it was essentially just like food made by somebody that worked for purdue um but just made food for like specifically it was the football team men's basketball i think women's basketball and volleyball i believe the only team that got it not and everybody didn't get it i don't think everybody got it year round i think it was like football got it year round but i don't think the other sports did um and if they did i just don't really remember but like because like if we didn't if we didn't have that like a lot of guys would i mean not a lot of guys but like it'd be so much harder to like try and like eat and like you know still like have your balanced be an athlete because you like if you're not eating anything you're not you're not doing anything like you're 
you're wasting away and like all the work you do is just being lost in sweat and you're not, you don't gain. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's an interesting, it's an interesting dilemma, I guess, for the NCAA because it's just like, they feel like they're giving us all this stuff because obviously they like a lot, they basically allow us to get like gear and all that stuff. Like that's not considered like compliance issues because like sometimes, because some things can, like you, you can only get so much stuff before it becomes like out of the scope of like what is considered legal in like the NCAA's like compliance stuff. Um, which is like frustrating from a player standpoint because it's just like, I get all, I'm like doing all this work and like for the non-scholarship guys, like I wasn't on scholarship and I paid my full $45,000 a year tuition. <laughs> like my, like with like me and my parents, you know, and like loans and all that stuff. And it's just like, ultimately the gear is like what I got out of it. And like, like physical, like obviously I have like friends for life and the experience of playing football in, in college was incredible. But like after that, like I'm still in debt. Like I don't, I'm not like walking out with like a free like ride to school, which like there are hundreds of thousands of non-scholarship athletes on like teams across the country and all of the NCAA. So, and the food and like the food was actually one thing that we didn't get like my freshman year. Um, like right when we got there, like walk-ons and non-scholarship players weren't allowed to like eat at like the athlete dining court. Like it was illegal per like the NCAA's like rules like we weren't allowed to eat at this like dining court because it was it was I forget what it was considered um but it wasn't a part of something that we could do so we would have to so after practice my freshman year for like a for like a few months it was only for a few months before it changed because they'd been working on it for years um we would have to we would all the the rest of the team would go to like the athlete dining court and then all of us non-scholarship dudes would go over to like the dining court next door, like where all the regular, like normal students would go. And like, that was super isolating and like, just really just ridiculous. <laughs> Luckily that changed pretty quickly. Um, like, I think we only did that for a few weeks because they had been working on um, changing that like rule because it, I mean, it's, rid I mean, it's ridiculous like to do all the same work and then not be able to eat the same food for whatever reason. Yeah. That literally doesn't make any sense. <laughs> it's like, it's not I mean, really it was, saving them funds. <laughs> yeah. Like the thing was like, if we wanted to, if we wanted to eat with them, we had to like pay like there, it was like, I think it was $35 a meal. Like if we wanted to like, I, and they're not paying you. Are the plates yeah. made of gold? <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> I mean, the, I mean, the first few weeks, like the food was like great because it was considered compared to like dining court food, right? Just like kind of mass-produced stuff. Like the athletes kind of, it was still like mass-produced, but it was on a it was a, a bit higher quality. So, I mean, the difference was there. Yeah, I think it's really interesting that you were talking about how only certain sports were able to get the athlete food. Um, yeah. And what I was expecting was for you to be like football and men's basketball 
you know, got the food and I was, I was so ready to be an upset feminist. Like I was mentally prepared. I'm really, <laughs> glad, I'm really glad that we like went in and we're like women's basketball and volleyball. Cause I'm was volleyball. Is it a women's team? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Um, so that was unexpected and great, but you guys have, so you have other sports teams, right? Yeah, we have, yeah, we have like a, I think the only sport that we don't have for like the title nine, cause you have to have like the men's sports matching number of women's soccer, sports. Right? Thing. Yeah. Ours is men's soccer. Right. Yeah. And, and men's volleyball. Like we don't have men's volleyball, but I don't know how common that is. I don't either. I, 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 I couldn't tell you. I couldn't tell you, but yeah, we don't have, we don't have men's soccer, which I think was, is our like kind of, trade-off because like all the other sports that I can think of are either kind of have their own counterpart like swimming there was a men and women's swim and dive teams there were men and women's cross country um men and women's tennis men and women's golf um yeah I'm just wondering like how they felt about like not being able to get in on that food that would make me pretty unhappy yeah I think I think a big part of it is just like the logistics of it. Like we don't have the space for it. And two, like some of these other teams are a lot lower impact. Like, I mean, soccer, I'm surprised was not, I'm surprised soccer didn't have it. Cause like, obviously they run, you know, for years every day. And like, I don't know. I mean, there, there's easily an argument for every sport to like why they should have it. And I think every sport should, cause it, I mean, it just makes sense. Like it, I don't, like everybody's working hard, everybody's an athlete, like everybody should have the same kind of availability to have like university sponsored food. But the thing was what, in addition to having like the meals provided to us, we had what was called Mucho. um, And it's basically this app um, and a lot of like the local um, restaurants and stuff that were approved by our dietitians. we would get a, an allowance of money per day, like per week with a maximum of like, in the beginning it was like $10 a day and then $30 a week, like my freshman, sophomore year. (laughs) Yeah. And so we, so I think like Chipotle had it, like Qdoba had it, uh, Subway, Jimmy John's, like a bunch of like, stuff that's like good for fueling for like your sport had it. Um, and then there was a grocery store freshman year that closed, that closed down, but they had it too. Um, so you could use $10 a day of like to get meals or get groceries or whatever, just to kind of like supplement um, whatever food you're getting. And then that later increased, I think it was my last season it increased um, to like, I think it was $50 a week. Um, I think the max was still $10 a day, but you had like $50 a week. So you could get $10 of like food, like every day, um, which was pretty nice. Um, and like a lot of, a lot of our coaches for guys that needed to gain weight on the team, they would, they they have, they have the stats and they can keep track of who's using it and who's not. So they would like get on guys that aren't using it and be like, you need to be using your mucho because you need to still be eating more. And like, there's no reason you shouldn't because $10 is plenty to buy like a meal at whatever, whatever restaurant that's on campus or whatever. So all the teams had that, all the teams had that, which I think was kind of the, 
I don't want to say like leveling the playing field, but like, it was kind of like, you don't have this, but you're still, you do have this, which is like helpful. Yeah. And I don't know. And I also don't remember, or I, I don't really know if the other teams had different um, values or limits um, for their stuff since they weren't getting the dining court thing. I don't really know about that, but they did still have like the option to get food paid for basically by you know which was which is yeah. helpful you know what I didn't think about was kind of that your coaches and like dietitians could you know have access to see who's eating what when it's like that's like a mm-hmm. lot right and I remember when I was touring colleges I looked at UGA and one of my teammates who went there a year before me was telling me about all the nutritionists and stuff that she had access to and I was thinking about how stressed I would be if I had every single meal monitored for me and was getting assessed for my BMI and whatnot, like week in and week out. Like that just seemed like a lot. And I'm just wondering, I guess, like, did you, did that ever bother you or was that just not something that? Um, well, I don't think it was that serious. Um, I know Cause I, cause I think the main thing, I don't think they were, I don't think they were really checking like meals. Um, I don't know if they could see where you got food from. I just know, I think they could just see whether or not you used it or not, like whether or not your balance depleted. Um, cause that's an interesting point of like thinking, like worrying about like if your coach sees what you're eating or whatever, but I don't really, I don't think that was a thing. Cause I think I would have heard, I think I would have heard about that of like somebody getting made fun of because of their eating, like, I don't know, Chipotle every day or like, I don't know, just something like absurd every day. But like all the food that was on there was like approved by our dietitians because you could do, you could eat like well-balanced nutrition, like nutrition rich, nutrition dense food. Um, So I don't really think that was an issue. And we also, our dietitians were very good about like being like BMI doesn't apply to athletes because it, I mean, it doesn't like, we're mostly muscle like doesn't apply to anyone <laughs> yeah I mean for the I mean for the most part but like especially to especially to a division one athlete who's like doing all this work and like has to eat all the you know eat to build and eat to maintain and all this stuff um we did we did have um regular DEXA scans which are like body composition scans um but that was never to be like, hey, you need to lose fat percentage. It was more just like seeing how your body, it was more just like keeping track of your body, of like the body's changes for different stuff. Like I was never, like nobody was ever just like, hey, you need to lose 3% fat by the next time you get a DEXA scan. Like that, I think that would, that would be absurd, but that was never, that was never a thing. I think it was more just kind of like, showing you how your muscle mass was changing how you know how your like body's changing as you're going through four years of college sport like a lot of changes happen in between each texas scan so i mean that, that actually sounds kind of interesting I, I mean it was i mean it was i mean it was cool yeah. i mean i i don't know if i still have my sheets but i used to i kept a few of them just to kind of like see you know just see for myself like where like the changes were happening and just kind of like how you know my body was changing because it's I mean it's pretty interesting because that's not something that's like super available I know some commercial gyms have stuff like that 
like proper body scans where you like lay down and like it scans your it, like legitimately scans your body and like like you like really see what's happening because like I don't I don't really know how I don't really know the efficacy of like the little ones that you like stand on with your like bare feet I don't know the efficacy of those um or no like the full body lay down ones like those are legitimate so yeah that seems kind of interesting I was just thinking about because like I don't know if I told you Samuel but like recently I decided to do my my personal training certificate oh I know I'm basically Nick Lowe um, <laughs> yeah so anyways I was like I'm just on the first chapter still because I'm behind mm-hmm. um and I was reading this thing about BMI and I was like okay so like technically I'm obese and I was like mm-hmm. That's just really interesting to me because, you know, I have like, I work out every day, eat pretty healthy, but, you know, compared for like this BMI scale, like technically like I'm obese. And I was like, oh, okay, yeah. so, like that's cool. Um, and then there was like this little tiny like asterisk and it was like, oh yeah, like this doesn't apply to everyone. And I was like, I yeah. don't really feel like we should be putting that in like little anything it's I just, just if it's not applicable to everyone what's the point of even but it's not even it's scale. not even applicable like, I would say it's not even applicable to most not even yeah, like no, everyone like not. I mean like you look at Rachel and I who are both like incredibly top heavy and like that cancels out everything and then not only that I was like I could probably crush a watermelon between my legs so yeah I mean I think I think BMI is such a I think BMI is such an interesting thing because I because from like my entire life growing up I've always been in like the 95th percentile of like BMI so I've always I mean I'm 6'3 300 something pounds like now and like I was always a really big kid and I was just growing like so I was always told that I was like in like the upper percentile or whatever but like I never I don't think I ever, one, I don't think I ever really realized what it meant. And two, I was never really cared. I was like, I, I always took it as nice. I'm big, cool. <laughs> and I'm going to like get bigger. So, I mean, I, it, I never really thought about it as like a negative thing, but I think diet culture in today's world is such a plague on what people think. Um, Cause like people worry, like people worry about BMI and like people think like, oh my God, I have this percent body fat. Like, oh no, I need to like, I need to be like 2% body fat. And like, that's unrealistic. Like your body needs fat to survive. Like that's, that's just a fact. So BMI is a very, I don't know, just old and arbitrary, not arbitrary, but like, I'm sure it has its I mean, it's a little some... bit arbitrary. Yeah, I'm sure it has its use in some faction that I don't know, but that's that's for the dietitians and not for me. I'll stay in my veterinary lane with that. <laughs> are you taking your GRE at some point soon, or do you not? Are you not taking it for vet school? Um, it's funny. It's funny you bring that up because I've been thinking about it lately because I forgot that I need to like. I didn't forget, but I like forgot that I needed to prepare for that. Um, chosen yeah (laughs) no I I I mean I need to do more research because not all vet schools like require the GRE um like I'm pretty sure Purdue's doesn't require the GRE and like a number of schools don't require it because it's not I mean it's it's it's, let's be real it's it's BS it's fake like does does Wisconsin I couldn't tell you off the top of my head are you gonna apply to Wisconsin 
Also, not sure. <laughs> I don't know. I've got a lot. I mean, I got a lot of research to do still. Um, yeah, but now I do need to. I'll probably start because I am taking two classes still. So I'll probably start preparing for that after the semester that we're kind right. of after like this. That. After this semester, you're done, right? Well, I, I did graduate in December, but these are my last two prereqs that I need to finish up my application for vet school and stuff. Oh, I didn't even realize you had extras. I just thought you were still in school. I'm a bad friend. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, it's because my, my degree path was kind of wonky because I didn't, um, because I was undecided for like for the first two years here. Um, and then it took me a little bit to, um, it's called codoing and like CODO, like to codo into like my actual major where you like basically transfer into like your major. You have, there are a bunch of requirements you have to meet or whatever. Um, so I didn't get into like the public health major until my junior year. Um, so at that point I was like not behind because I like still, fi I finished my, I still finished my degree at my public health degree on time. Um, but in doing so, I had to push off doing some, uh, vet school requirements, mm. but it worked out well. I'm not, I'm not super upset about the way that my degree path has gone and how I'm take, still taking two classes. I mean, it's a little annoying, but ultimately I feel more prepared now than I would have, if I would have had taken these classes like a couple semesters ago. That was a very political answer. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I just pre-wrote that answer, actually. <laughs> but did you feel like going through college, I mean, obviously in a sport like football, there's going to be a lot of hits to the head. Do you ever feel like that kind of like impacted your experience as a student? Um, just because like I've had my fair share of concussions and like mm -hmm. that's why I couldn't graduate on time. I had to yeah. graduate in December instead of May because I got a really bad concussion and then COVID happened and then I couldn't use my computer because of my concussion. So yeah. it was just a whole cyclical thing where I was just getting screwed over and over yeah. again because of this traumatic injury. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um... I have been fortunate despite all of, despite the contact sports I have done for, I mean, I played, I've played football. I played football for over 10 years um, when I, when I finished playing. Um, and I was fortunate that I didn't have any like diagnosed concussions, I'll say. I'm out of here. I'm out of here. Um, I'm out of here. <laughs> <laughs> but I say diagnosed because I, there have been a few times where I have been hit and I'm just like, holy shit like that yeah, there's hurt. like a good chunk of concussions that are concussions that just don't go yeah yeah I mean there have been a few times where I've like gotten my bell wrong and I'm just like wow that like hurt but I've never been diagnosed I've never had a diagnosed concussion um fortunately um because it's I mean I've had teammates go down with concussions le like left and right through yeah, college sure. and high like in high school like I have seen so many people like get concussions, like, like I'll be uh, like in, in the same play, I'll be playing next to somebody and I see them get hit. And then the next play, I'm like, dude, you need to, you need to go tell a trainer because you have a concussion, like for sure. Um, but yeah, no, I was fortunate that it never really affected me. Um, 
because even in college, like there were some time, like I have hit NFL caliber dudes, like guys that are actively playing in the NFL. Like I have had to play against them in, in practice and I have been like hit hard by some of these guys. So yeah, I don't think it has affected my, I guess, mental capacity to like still do like, I mean, I was like a science major. So all my like tough, like chemistries and all that physics and biology and all that stuff. Fortunately, I don't think that has ever affected me. Um, but I'm sure it has thousands of other guys that are like doing the, that have to like deal with that. I mean, cause being out with a concussion and taking organic chemistry is like, I couldn't, I couldn't, I would imagine. rather just take, I couldn't imagine that. Deal with that. <laughs> I mean, cause that's like, cause concussion protocols, like the return to play and all that stuff. Cause like, I mean, the sh- protocols are a lot more strict now. And it's also constantly gotta, changing. Mm-hmm. Because everybody's learning more information. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Even though, even though you didn't like sit out with concussions, you still had other injuries during football. Because when I first met, Samuel <laughs> was wheeling around in his wheelchair. And <laughs> I didn't realize that Samuel could ever walk. When I met Samuel, I thought that Samuel was in a wheelchair and I did not learn until one day when I saw him standing up and I was like, it's a miracle. Of me with my friend's brother. I thought that he just didn't want to get out of the car because it was just annoying. But I then I realized he's paralyzed from the waist. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, <laughs> That's like a couple of my friends were like, what the hell is Noah's like disability? I was like, the dude has one leg. (laughs) Oh my gosh. He can do planks better than I can. Oh my god. This this is all being cut. None of this is going. Oh no, it is not. We are coming full circle in our podcast. (laughs) Okay, Sam, we'll talk. So the toxic masculinity and like the injury stuff. Um, I think fortunately we as a program, like of course there was toxic masculinity or whatever, but I think when it came to injuries, um, I think a lot of, I think for the most part, people were pretty good about like going to see the trainers and like being like, look, I messed up, like, this hurts, like, fix me, like, try and help, basically, um, like, there were definitely, there were definitely a couple, there were definitely some guys that were, like, you know, didn't make a big deal out of, like, being hurt, and, like, would play, would still try and play and stuff, but, like, some of that is a part of what football is, um, just kind of as a sport, is just, like, because you're gonna, you're gonna be banged up, like your ankles are going to hurt, like your wrists are like your shoulders are going to hurt. Like some of that stuff is like kind of unavoid is kind of unavoidable. Um, but when it came to serious, more serious stuff, I think a lot of us were pretty good at like, if like the guy wouldn't report himself or whatever, like we would be like, yo, you need to go like check this dude out. Like I remember specifically one of our, um, like one of the other offensive linemen, he was pretty messed up from like a head injury kind of thing like it was kind of it was basically I think we thought it was a concussion or he was like showing the symptoms and was just kind of like you could tell he was kind of feeling something um 
and we were like, dude, you need to stop basically. And I can't remember if it, I can't remember if I did or somebody else did as well. Um, but we were, we told one of our trainers, we were like, yo, we're pretty sure this guy has a concussion. Like you need to go check him out and like be like, yo, pull him from practice basically. Um, and there's no, and there's, there's no real like bad feelings about that between teammates. I think where it gets a little, um, not hairy, but like kind of like weird is when you do it yourself. Um, because a lot of that can be seen as like, Oh, this guy just doesn't want to practice. He's not serious. And so it's kind of hard when you're dealing with that. Cause like, obviously your coaches want you to practice and like, if like you, you need to practice or, and, or you're not going to play. So um, I think navigating the, it was more about not doing it yourself because you didn't want like the coaches to be like, you didn't want the trainer to be like, yeah, he told me he's hurt. And it's different when it's coming from somebody else that like clearly sees that he's hurt versus you being like, yeah, I'm hurt. Take me out of practice because I mean, it look, it just looks, it just looks bad. But for the more serious stuff, I think everybody's pretty good about being like, yo, I'm hurt. I can't, I can't go. Like I tried, like, what do we, like, what do we do basically? Um, and I think for the most part, people usually told the trainers like either when it happened or like after practice or whatever. Um, because if you're, if you're waiting to save it until right before practice, like the next day after you got hurt, that's when it looks really bad because then the trainers have to be the bad guy and like go up to the coaches during like their meeting right before practice and be like, this guy's not going, he's, he's hurt. And then it just looks, and then it just looks really bad on you as like a, as an individual for not saying something earlier because things get worse over time obviously um when untreated so yeah and you can like, definitely see from like a coach's point of view just like now the work that I'm doing how they like build practices around what they think is going to be the case and then like if right before practice you're told something else like you have to rearrange your entire itinerary and like yeah. that's incredibly inconvenient yeah so, like and that's, and that's definitely yeah, that's definitely a thing, especially when you're like trying to rotate new guys in, and then this guy's hurt, and then he, you don't know about it until right before practice, and then that kind of messes up your whole practice plan. Because because pra our practices are scripted, like they are scripted to the minute. Like every five, we have like 26 five minute periods every practice with like a 10 minute pre practice. With and if you like looked at our schedule, you could see blocked off like per per position. Um, like what each position was doing at this time and like what they're like where they were and like like everything was mapped out to a T and like some coaches would have written on their stuff like what if they want a certain player to do something or they would just have that like known in their head and like this guy's getting extra reps doing this like with the ones today or something like that so yeah I think the that is ultimately what the coaches were more frustrated about just like like waiting and just like if you're waiting to the last minute that looks really bad because it's just like I don't want to practice today right so, so I feel like yeah what you're saying about someone like coming up on their on their like own and being like I'm hurt this and and you know feeling kind of like a stigma with that like I don't know mm -hmm. how to combat that but I because it sucks that you need someone else to be like clearly Naomi is acting like a lunatic and there's something wrong with her brain like it, it's don't act like a lunatic on a normal <laughs> I feel attacked I feel really attacked but good because you called me out last week for being short 
That's different. <laughs> um, no, I, th- I think it's interesting because I know I don't think that that's just for football because I remember when I was playing soccer competitively, I like broke my ankle and then like the next week was fine. <laughs> it was like no shot that I was fine, <laughs> you know? You were fine. <laughs> right. Air like, quotes. That qualifies as like an issue with toxic masculinity culture or more, more so with athlete culture and, and how, how to approach it. Cause I think you see that in the women's game as well. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think it's just a sports, like just a, not even just a sports thing, just a competitive thing in general, where it's just like, I don't want to sit out if I'm hurt. Like I, you know, especially if it's a team sport and it's just like, I don't want to let my teammates down kind of thing. And it's just like, I mean, that's ultimately that's a hard thing to combat, but like from a college athlete perspective, it's help. I think at least our program has done a pretty good job of being like, look, if you're hurt, tell us. And like, especially, especially with us being a big program, we have a bunch of like student athletic trainers and stuff um, who are like our age or like, you know, um, that are like in like the athletic training program at, at our school. So they're like rotating between sports and stuff. So like we, a lot of us get, get pretty close with them. And so it's just like different. It'd be, so then you can like tell them and just being like, kind of like, it's not as official, I guess, as telling like one of our like um, head athletic, like our head athletic trainer, like one of our senior athletic trainers. So I think that helps as well. Cause then you can be like, yo, this hurts, but like, don't, don't make it hot. Like keep it kind of like, don't be, don't be like, yo, this guy needs to be pulled out of practice. Be like, just go tell somebody and like, but don't make it super serious and just, you know kind of be more casual about it um because it's 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 it sucks to have to like walk up to your trainer and be like yo this hurts like i'm hurt i can't when did did yo become a part of your vocabulary (laughs) (laughs) i don't know i don't like it either i think it's (laughs) i think it's talking about football i think i'm like go past the the rock I feel like on the sixth yo, I had to say something. I, was- <laughs> <laughs> I, I blame football because it's a that's a I think that's a football thing. That's a that's a definitely a football thing. That's, that's like in hockey, I would sit there and listen to my recordings. My recordings just the oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> for sure, for sure. Every three seconds. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> like there's this one guy that like he like I guess in the middle of an interview became very conscious of the fact that he kept saying oh yeah no for sure and then like he's just like oh yeah for and then just stopped in the middle of the sentence (laughs) and he couldn't think of a replacement word so he ended up saying for just kind of like looked down and was like god damn it (laughs) like messed that one up that one went out the window there yeah, sometimes Gosh. when I'm in uh, Bethesda for too long, I start saying I'm hip. And I realized when I, <laughs> everyone was like, oh, like I'm ankle. And they like thought it was really funny and it, and it wasn't. Um, but I feel like, hip, like people here say like I'm hip. It's just like, I know it's just a slang. It might be old people slang at this point. Cause I don't yeah, know. I mean- I don't know how many people say that in Bethesda anymore. Granted, I don't hang out with people that like just 
like other than you guys i don't oh. hang out with people who say that naomi <laughs> we're not <laughs> friends anymore like i mean i personally haven't said it since high school that's really tough to hear <laughs> <laughs> i mean but i feel like you're more intertwined i mean you're more intertwined with the bethesda vibe being that you're from like chevy yeah. chase that's true i mean I mean, yeah, I'm more yeah. used to moving around and adapting to wherever I'm from, so it's not. That's I don't true. Feel like it's I mean, you were in Bethesda me. for like a while. You were there for I mean, high school. Yeah, it's only four years though, and then I moved, and now I'm in Indiana. <laughs> I've been here for like five years. Are you gonna come back soon? We miss you. We'll see. Potentially, that's like the plan-ish. Plans change. Plans are sort of changing. I'm not really sure. When. I don't know. When? <laughs> don't know. Right now. <laughs> You're like, all of our friend group is home and they want to hang out. Well, except Adam. Well, Adam's in Dubai. That's like its own thing. I know. Ooh. Okay, Adam. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so our mutual friend, Adam, is in Dubai working for this company as a consultant called Bane like one of the big ones and he like moved in with his girlfriend and it's like it's just whoa it's just I, don't, I feel like I'm still 12 and a half like I can't imagine like, moving across the world in with a girlfriend or boy partner and uh just like living life I I, I don't know how people do that that's yeah, all. I mean, they're, I mean, he's definitely the first of like our friend group to kind of, I guess, fly the nest. <laughs> but dive head first into being an adult. <laughs> I mean, but I think that was also just kind of, I mean, that was definitely always going to, I think, I feel like that was always going to be him. Because uh, he, I mean, he's always wanted to do international relations stuff. So it's very fitting for him. It is. And then she's, got, I mean, she's got a job at like a, similar company also in Dubai so it works out well yeah I'm like looking at this photo that I have a bunch of us and I don't know where you were for this photo Samuel but this this is Adam for just Rachel and no one else because it's a podcast and because no one can see <laughs> except yeah, for that my was, grandma yeah that was that was our college like shirt day at high school I remember that I was I can't remember if I was late to school that day or if I had to leave for something or if I don't really, I can't remember exactly. But I know I, I know I had something going on. Yeah. Because I, I, because I, because I wore my shirt because I did wear a producer shirt that day. Um, you know who was in that photo? Madison Manis. That's uh, Samuel's birthday. <laughs> just like casually she wasn't like really in our friend group like she was super nice just like you know once again this is only for you guys do a lot of people from your area go to the midwest for college like yes and I, I think it's a pretty like normal proportion it's just kind of evenly split um because like, a lot of because yeah. a lot because i feel like a lot of people go to are looking for big schools and the, the Ohio State. <laughs> yeah, I mean, a lot of people went to like Michigan, Indiana. Yeah, like some a couple of people went to Northwestern. Yeah. A couple of people went to yeah Indiana. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, I th I'd say we spread like our like our class, like our graduating class. I feel like we spread out pretty well. Like a lot of people stayed in Maryland, a lot of people left, a lot of people went to like the West Coast, you know, yeah. like to Florida, you know. Okay. Well, I think we spread out pretty interestingly. Yeah, Rachel's from New York, and so I wonder if they have like a similar. Actually, surprisingly mm -hmm. enough, like half of the people in my high school would go to Wisconsin. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, there's like a both my neighbors, like both of my neighbor's sons went to Wisconsin. Rather dead than red is what I always say. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's a Minnesota thing. But um, yeah, I was rejected from Wisconsin, probably because they cut they let in like in town. And they were just like, screw this town. We don't need more people from this town. Um, but yeah, first and only person in my school district, 60 plus years to ever go to Minnesota. So. Wow. It's pretty nice. It's pretty nice. I was like, I will never have to see anyone I don't want to see ever again. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I know two other people that came to Purdue one of them was one of my teammates who I wrestled with and played lacrosse with. Actually, both of them were lacrosse teammates. But <laughs> I wrestled like with one of the other thing. one. Yeah, we played blacks together. <laughs> Colin. Yeah, who Colin and Lawrence. Oh, he was a year he played younger. Lacrosse. He was Yeah, he's a year younger than us. Oh, he yeah. was it one of them who dated Kate? yes i forget which one i forget which one i think it was the other one that dated kate the one that goes here did not date kate they were twins i used to date this it's not even worth the story so we're just gonna it's not it's not <laughs> that was so long ago it's not even worth the story Sorry. Uh, that's a podcast all that's an episode all on its own <laughs> We've had some pretty questionable moments on this. Uh, <laughs> yeah. All right. Any hoozles? Just, uh, just, just going away from that. Hoozles. I'm trying to think if I have any other interesting things to add to this podcast besides my dating history, because uh, I think literally anything else would be really great. <laughs> literally anything else. <laughs> yeah. I guess, I don't know. I mean, like, we're obviously a podcast on diversity. Um, I feel like Samuel has being, has, like, your experience as, like, a Black man on the football team. Like, do you think that that is different from some of the other players on your team? Or, I mean, like, what what is your experience with that? Um, I think more specifically, it would have to do with, like, the area and just kind of, like, the state as a whole. Um, because this is a pretty conservative red state. Um, like obviously college towns are pretty liberal as a whole. Um, and this one's no different. Um, like I'm pretty sure our county was the closest county to being blue in the state. Um, which like I would, I would say Purdue has a decent influence on that, even if not everybody's like from that goes to Purdue is like voting because um, they're, I mean, because they're not, like, I voted out of state. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that's, I mean, it's interesting, um, because being here is so much, I mean, it's so much different from being in Maryland. Um, like, there's, I mean, it's just very, like, the values are so different, like, every, like, a lot of people are a lot more conservative, and 
like I'm sure you get it too. I mean, being in the being in, I mean, we're both you're literally just north of me, so like both well, both of you basically you're northwest ish, Rachel. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, the Midwest is a very interesting entity, I would say, um, because there are a lot of it's pretty liberal but also conservative at the same time it's like a weird dichotomy of of i don't know just like beliefs and all that stuff but in terms of being playing football and all that i mean most of my teammates were black um obviously we had like i i couldn't tell you the ratio of like black to white but I could say for sure it was definitely more black than white. Um, I mean, I don't, I don't really know. I mean, I mean, it's, I mean, it's just, it's tough. I would say, I mean, cause like there's obviously the stereotype that black people, not black people, but like being, if you're black and you're an athlete, you're only at a school because you're an athlete and not because of any, academic prowess or any of that stuff but I think a lot of people forget that you just don't you can't just get into a school because you're good at a sport like sure that definitely can help you I can help you like a ton but like you still have to do well on like the SAT or the ACT like you still have to take college courses like even if your major is not like something that would be considered rigorous like like a, like some like what other people would think like it's still college it's still hard it's still it's still difficult and then adding another adding a sport on top of that I think I think people forget that playing a sport is not just like being athletic like we spent most a lot of our time was spent in film and like studying plays and learning schemes and learning learning what to do in different situations and like watching opponent film and learning what their patterns are and how to play against different looks and all this stuff and like I think people kind of get lost in that because like you have games like Madden that like simplify it down a lot so like that anybody can play it but that is not the that is not the reality of like what being an athlete is so I think people will get lost in like the oh he's in an easy major like he's just like flying by, but like not everybody has the same resources and like support system to, to where academics is like a main priority. Like that's just not, that's not a reality. It's never been a reality and it likely never will because of just the disparities and injustices and inequalities that are, are just prevalent in this country. But um, yeah, I think people forget that playing a sport is a lot more of a mental game than it ever will be a physical game. Um, no matter what, no matter what you're doing. Um, cause like people, I think people are so quick to be like, Oh, they're in like communication, they're in business, they're in whatever, but then they don't think they forget that being an athlete is literally a full-time job. Like I would have loved to have a job and like get more veterinary experience and stuff before like while I was playing, but there I literally had zero time because from I would wake up, have a six o'clock lift and then class from eight, nine until 12, one o'clock and then have fract have like meetings at like one to two and then practice from like three to five and then I'd have to eat team team dinner and then 
freshman year, you have to go to study hall and like you had to get eight hours of study hall a week. Um, and you had to like sign in and like get clocked hours of study hall. And if you weren't doing that, and if you weren't doing good in your classes, like you had to continue that for however many years until your grades were good to where you, they, like our academic staff trusted you to be like on top of your stuff. Um, it's like, there just isn't time to like, there's, there's no time. So I think people get, I really think people get lost in the idea that being an athlete is like, not easy, but like, it's like a simpler way through. But I mean, we have people that check classes, like our coaches get grade reports, like you get in trouble if you have bad grades. Like the number of people I have seen like that have to like run and like, or like do extra study hall or do extra whatever because their grades are bad. And like, like it's, I mean, it's still hard. So I think if anything, athletes are often held to a, a higher standard with what you're saying. And I remember in high school when I sat in on film at football stuff, I was like, what the fuck is going on? I was yeah. so confused. There is so much happening. Like yeah. my job was literally the same every single game. It was like Naomi hit the ball to the left to the numbers. And I did that like very consistently. And that was literally all I had to know. But I remember I would like come to some film sessions and be like, there was just the, the language is like a whole different language in addition to English to learn. And then the, the amount of different plays and different things going on in football that you don't appreciate unless you like really know the game is like astounding because previously I had just watched football and be like, man hit man. And, and now I yeah. like, feel like I have a much deeper understanding of like, all the intricacies of the game. Yeah. And it only gets worse. <laughs> the higher levels. I couldn't, I couldn't tell you how many plays we have. Cause like each week, like for games, we would have new plays. Like we would have like our base installs of plays that are, it's probably hundreds. I mean, it's probably, a hundred a hundred plus plays and like variations like going either direction random i mean hundreds of plays um plus the plays that get in that we get installed we the game and that have to be exited effect before the game so they can be used in the game on saturdays is like I mean, that's just, that's not something that, I mean, it's just not known. Like, I mean, unless you have played football, like that's not what, they don't show that on TV. They don't show like the meetings and all that stuff. Like you get a bit of that with like the hard knock stuff that like the NFL network does and all that stuff, but they can only show so much because they can't show off these teams like plays. Cause then it's like, it's not how that, you can't, you can't do that. I feel like even with Friday, yeah, I mean, it's, they didn't highlight that, you know, like, I feel like, yeah, I mean, cause it, I mean, cause it's not, it's not glamorous. You can't glamorize being watching film. Like it's, it's not fun. It's not, I mean, it's not fun. Like it's, it's hard. Like if you have to focus, you have to be locked in and like learn. And then what you learn in that meeting, you have to then immediately be able to apply half an hour later when you're in practice and then you get screamed at if you don't if you mess it up even though you just watched it for the first time like it's I mean so I mean and then add like a difficult what like quote-unquote difficult major to that and where you're like oh my gosh I have a 
I have a physics exam tonight. I have to study later, but it's just like, wait, I have to turn that off because I also have football that I have to focus on or soccer or whatever, whatever your sport is or whatever your techniques you're focusing on, like trying to learn, like it's a lot. Yeah. I'm like actually real glad I didn't do a D1 sport. (laughs) Right. (laughs) (laughs) Originally, obviously going to Wisconsin, I was like, I'll just play soccer there. And then I was like, "Eh." and like injuries happen, whatever. But from hearing all of my friends, because a lot of my friends played D1 sports. I'm just like, maybe that wasn't, it just sounds like a lot. And like, obviously, you know, you're Mm -hmm. very passionate about your sport, but at the end of the day, it's like, I don't think I would have gotten as much out of my actual college education had I played P1 soccer. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's hard. I mean, because the number of things that I wasn't able to do because like I had to wake up for like, I could like mates or friends, like for normal people, because I had to wake up the next morning for a seven o'clock meeting and a 6am lift. Like there were some things that I, I was just not able to do. And like, obviously like some of that stuff, I was just like, all right, I'm going to do it this one time and like suffer later. But I mean, at least for me, I always took, I, my, my degree was always my priority because I wasn't on scholarship and like football wasn't necessarily my future. Like if, if it worked out and I worked hard enough in it became my future great, but ultimately the academics and like doing, finding my career was what I came here to do. And football was football for me really was just a bonus because I wasn't sure I was going to be able to get a chance to play in college, which I was very fortunate that I was. I feel like that distinction there as well is also part of why, like, usually you tend to see like in college, the women's athletes are like really diving deep into their like homework and stuff like that. Because like as a woman athlete, you're probably not going to be able to make a living off of your sport. So like you have to put as much focus on your academics as you do on your sport. And it's like, that's also obviously true for a lot of men's sports too. Like obviously not like the whole team's not going to make it to the pros. Yeah. Like it's just not realistic to think like that, Mm -hmm. but there is also that like, like it's could be just a hair, but they do have that better chance of being able to like have some form of career based around their sport. Yeah. So it's just interesting to see the like different stresses between athletes of certain sports and certain genders as well. Yeah, that's a really good point, Rachel. I was just thinking about um, like, cause originally I was like, oh, I wanna be a professional soccer player. And then you look at professional women's soccer players and you're like, they have two jobs. They can't even be a professional athlete like, and have that be their thing. And, and a lot of them are parents too. <laughs> yeah. So three jobs. <laughs> I, I, I cannot imagine that. Um, I had uh, one of Samuel and my mutual friends. She like played professionally in Iceland and she was telling me about like all the disparities between her and like the the men's professional team there um and it just like made me really upset like I can't think of any off the top of my head which makes me angry and we're running out of time again um 
but I'm trying to force her to come on the podcast. So yeah, working on that. <laughs> She's being shy. So this episode is proof that we're not just a hockey podcast. <laughs> we have done a lot of hockey. We've done so much <laughs> hockey. We've done a lot of ice related activities. It's winter sports. Hockey. Yeah. And I'm just kind of there like, I don't know how to ice skate. Yeah. <laughs> like next week we're having one of my friends on who specializes in hockey. Then the week after that, we're having one of Minnesota's hockey players come on. <laughs> like we swear to God, we're not a hockey podcast. <laughs> right. I like definitely need some soccer gals up in her. So although Curtis was a fucking power play move there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, Samuel, do you have any thoughts to round out our podcast? No pressure. no No pressure pressure, except there's a lot of pressure (laughs) um yeah I mean I think this was I think this was good I mean I think we talked about a lot of a lot of things that I mean especially from a football football perspective that I mean just aren't talked about I mean and if they are talked about it's I mean there's only there's only so much that people say and for whatever reason Bless you. Um, <laughs> Bless you. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I think I think this was good. I mean, there are definitely still a lot of areas where this, like college sports and like the NCAA, can do better and be more inclusive for not just not just different genders, but for different sports and like include everybody into kind of like make it a whole all-encompassing kind of. Um, athletics department family instead of just like I'm on this team you're on that team we don't really meet up and see each other because we don't I mean we don't do the same things um I know some schools are better at that than others I know some schools do um have like uh what's the word I don't know a little like meetups and stuff for the different for different teams and stuff where they all kind of get together and just kind of mingle and do all that do that kind of stuff um I think that's I think that's good because then because athletes need to help athletes basically because we're the only like athletes are the only ones that understand the struggles of being an athlete like if you're not in if you're not in it and like truly seeing what's happening it's hard to really fathom what it's like um but I think I think that's getting better. And I, at least I hope it's getting better. Really good closing statement. Thank you. I, I didn't want to think of one, so I just like really, really hit you with that. Yeah, really put me on the once spot. Again, pre-recorded by the PR team. <laughs> I think we're moving in a positive direction. This was a very beneficial podcast. That sounds like something like BP oil will come out with after like spilling another oil spill. (laughs) We're striving to do better. (laughs) I think that just about. If you watch enough of your teammates mess up interviews with like the media and they say just stupid stuff. Oh, that's so And you learn. You learn <laughs> and you don't make the same mistakes. I'm like curious, Sam, like what, what's, an example, what's an example of something bad that someone has said? I don't know if there's anything something, oh my God. Someone, oh my God. something is- bad someone has said, um, but a big no-no in like kind of like the media, talking to media world is like, 
challenging an opponent and being just like, yeah, we want to play them. Unless it's like, UFC. <laughs> <laughs> That's the yeah, I mean, unless you like, unless it's literally hand-to-hand combat, like it's that's like <laughs> just a big. It's just not something that's it. Ne- it doesn't usually go over well. Um, sometimes it works out, and in, in our case as a team, it it worked out. But I feel like it's also like a lot of different sports have different standards for what they expect their athletes to act as, like. In hockey, yeah, that's specifically, true. the standard is appallingly low. <laughs> it's so low. <laughs> just like these guys are going to get out there and they're going to undoubtedly say something stupid. But it's, it's like their brand. Like there's one guy, you know, because when you're a freshman, you have to go through media training as an athlete before you could talk to the media. And so we had been waiting like several Ooh. months for this guy to go finish his training so we could talk to him. And one of the things that was mentioned was that he couldn't do a pull-up at the NHL Combine. And they were just like, "What? The, what's up with that, man? Like, did you have like a shoulder alignment problem? And he just goes, no, it wasn't a shoulder alignment problem. It was just this genetic disorder where your shoulder is not in the right place. And it's just like silent for like a couple of seconds until you just hear me go, so a shoulder alignment problem. And he's just like, oh yeah, okay. Yeah, I guess I can say that. <laughs> yeah, that's the same kid that used to cheat off of me in stats and somehow do appallingly worse than I did. Not even get anywhere close to the grade that I would. Don't know oh how we managed that one. <laughs> just we used to <laughs> so, just, so just, just like to make this done. Um, yeah, I like want another taco. So <laughs> I think that's the direction this is heading in. Um, I think this is the part where we say thank you for joining us on this really popular podcast. Um, yeah, we hit what? What are we at now? Hold on, let's. Consult. We were talking for. We're a at thirty-nine followers now. Oh, I thought we were just going on about how long we talked about nothing. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We're largely popular with our thirty-nine followers. I can't believe we're at 39. I haven't really told anyone about this. So. Yeah, I didn't know about this until you asked me to be on it. And I was it's astounded. I couldn't believe that doing a podcast for like a month and no, none of us knew. <laughs> We've been doing this for like two months now. It's been two months? Almost. Yeah, we started in February. This is Yeah, I didn't know seven. until a few days ago that this podcast existed. Honestly, but. though, like big shouts to Curtis Gabriel. He single-handedly increased our insights and our reach on Instagram. It's crazy. It's crazy. Like our like highest, most interactive post would have like a hundred interactions. And then we had this NHL player come on and now we have like 5,000 interactions per post with 39 followers. (laughs) I'm I'm glad I don't run our social media. Yeah, Naomi's technical job is literally just to press the record button on the Zoom. <laughs> that's actually it. That's all I do. Important job. Laugh, but that's actually what she does. Well, what's really funny is I remember in one of my like earliest J school classes, I was in this like group project 
and my job was to flip the slides like that's all that my group trusted me to do and that's what this feels like we're holding you to the same standard (laughs) oh my gosh (laughs) and on that history repeats itself (laughs) good night everyone (laughs) (laughs) yeah on that note naomi's gonna hand over the film to rachel to let her do literally everything that needs to be done yeah pretty much um all right thanks for joining us samuel um, all Thanks for having me. Bye, gang. Wait, everyone, high five. Ready, set, go. Rachel, you wow, need to freeze frame that. <laughs> bye. <laughs> it's just like at the end of the episode, it's just like all of us jumped up in the air, frozen in position. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Wait, can we do that? The high five is the best I'll do. Get up. I can do a standing high five. Get up. You have less than a minute. I will wait out your timer. <laughs> Goodbye. Bye.